I'd like to make a quick uh, note. Our Psalm 23 in the bulletin is not the correct Psalm 23. It is the one that we all know by heart. Um, so don't be surprised when the words are different from what's in the bulletin. Our opening hymn for this morning is number 663. We're doing verses one, two, and five. light and your truth that they may lead me and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling lord open our lips and our mouth shall proclaim your praise alleluia glory to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever amen alleluia A reading from Isaiah. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The palace of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you, for you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like heat in a dry place, you subdued the heat with the shade of clouds. The song of the rest, ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, 
of well-aged wine strained clear, and he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore can I lack nothing. He shall feed me in a green pasture and lead me forth beside the waters of comfort. He shall convert my soul and bring me forth in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou shalt prepare a table before me in the presence of them that trouble me. Thou hast anointed my head with oil and my cup shall be full. Surely thy loving kindness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the book of Philippians. My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, Help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in anything, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Once more, Jesus spoke to the people in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe and he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? He was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Greetings friends and partners at Emmanuel. I've been looking forward to being with you as we come together to give thanks, pray, rejoice, confess, and lament. Both worship and service are at the heart of our congregations. And it has been an honor to be with you in service. Your presence at St. Luke's Edible Hope Kitchen has brought us together in profound ways as both youth and adults have joined in outreach to the poor, the hungry, and unsheltered in our Ballard neighborhood. We regularly give thanks for your partnership and for your generosity, which continues as we face the challenges of the pandemic and increased economic desperation. It has been particularly sad that we could not welcome the youth again this summer. They have been a blessing and have been blessed as they slept on the floor of the sanctuary, showered off campus, got up early each morning to serve the nearly 200 people who count on us for a hot meal, a cup of coffee, and a warm place to come inside. We so look forward to the time when you can return. So today, we come together for worship, but it's like anything we ever expected. We aren't together in your lovely sanctuary. The choir isn't singing. We aren't receiving bread and wine, and some of your regulars are missing including your priest and her family, as they celebrate the newest member of their family. We all long to be at the table together, to feast at the banquet that God sets before us in the Eucharist, and to join in fellowship and in the sharing of the peace and hugs. I'll never forget the first time I met the community at St. Luke's in Ballard. It was just over five years ago and the average attendance was less than 20 for Sunday mornings. The challenges they faced were immense. 
they were trying to prop up 10 buildings on three quarters of a block, most of which had years of deferred maintenance. The campus hosted two homeless shelters, a clothing closet, a day center, an urban garden, as well as our meals program, which was open for breakfast five days a week. A group of dedicated folks, mostly women, mostly over 65, were doing all the work. There were no paid staff. And when I finally located the bank account information, I discovered there was only $3,000 remaining in the bank after all the debts were paid. My first encounter with the congregation wasn't at worship, interestingly. Because I was appointed by the bishop, I, I hadn't met anyone in the congregation and they hadn't met me before I started my position. But I was told that there was a parish lunch every Thursday at noon and it had been going on for years. It brought together and fed those who volunteered in the kitchen along with parishioners and guests and the occasional walk-in. And if you've been to the Edible Hope kitchen dining room, you know what it's like. It's a humble church basement, very well used and not updated since the 1960s. So my first Thursday, they had pushed the tables together um, and uh, they were trying to accommodate everyone that was there, about 15 people. The 83-year-old founder of the kitchen was rushing around setting the places and bringing out the food family style. The cooks were removing the famous fresh biscuits from the 50-year-old oven. And then when we finally all sat down together and I was asked to offer grace, I looked around and I wondered, what is this ragtag group of people? What can possibly have brought them together? Who are they? As they introduced themselves, I heard stories of lives touched by the spirit of God and literally turned around. A housewife with a rocky marriage and a dutiful approach to religion who came alive to the love of Jesus in a way that transformed her and called her to a life of sacrificial service. A neighbor whose sudden need for a six-way heart bypass resulted in the loss of his employment and ultimately his home. He had been living in his car for two years and was both eating and helping out in the kitchen. And then there was a bow tie wearing attorney who took an extended lunch hour every Thursday in order to cook for the kitchen and who had brought his wife to the kitchen on their second date to make sure she shared his commitment to Christian service. Pretty soon, the food started coming around and it was fantastic. And I'm, I'm a bit of a food snob, I admit it. So I hadn't been expecting much, but there were fresh vegetables from the garden, choice cuts of meat donated by the town and country market, homemade biscuits with homemade raspberry jam, and always dessert. On this day, a cake to welcome me. At one point, as the conversation and the laughter flowed and the food kept being passed around, it occurred to me, this must be what it's like to be in the kingdom of heaven, to be at a banquet feast where all are welcome. Jesus tells us a parable about the kingdom of heaven, comparing it to a wedding banquet for a king's son. Food is fabulous. The guest list is carefully curated the venue is outstanding. The event will both celebrate the union of bride and groom, as well as honor the reign of the king. 
but nobody shows up. They're too busy. The party isn't that relevant or important to most of them. Everyone assumes they aren't that necessary to the celebration and that no one's gonna miss them. Maybe they feel like they're already well-fed enough. Perhaps they don't like all the people who were invited and don't wanna to have to deal with them. And in this parable, some of them are so opposed to the king and what he's doing that they kill his messengers. This may seem far-fetched, but we have experienced something like this over the 32 years that we have been holding our feast at St. Luke's. Everybody in the neighborhood is invited to the end of a whole kitchen. You don't have to be homeless or even poor. There are workers and business folk who stop in for a cup of coffee and a visit on their way to work. There are seniors who live alone and come for social connection. People arrive to volunteer and then end up visiting and making friends with our guests. But there are also those who assume that the Oedipal Kitchen Dining Room is a dangerous place filled with horrible people. We receive emails, phone calls, and letters, many of them anonymous, complaining that we are causing homelessness and supporting criminals and drug abuse. We have been blamed for everything in the neighborhood from the Ballard rats to providing clean water to providing pe to people who are living without hygiene facilities. And many of our critics say over and over again, they ask us, stop serving the bad people and only serve the good ones. Every time we receive a complaint, I reply. And if there's a contact information, I invite the person to meet with me and have breakfast at the Edible Hope Kitchen. Only a very few have responded. And those that have, like me, have been transformed by their experience. Most people refuse the invitation. In the parable, the king doesn't give up in the face of opposition. Instead, he broadens the invitation. Did you know that Jesus has this little joke in the midst of the parable? He mentions that the messengers of the king fill the hall with whomever they find, both the good and the bad. Now, we know from Jesus that God alone is good. We know from our own experiences that each person is a mixture of saint and sinner. We remember Jesus' command to judge not lest ye be judged yourself. And we certainly know that just because the first guests may have been rich, successful, own property, have influence, they can still be dishonest, greedy, selfish, and criminal. Just as being poor, homeless, mentally ill, or addicted does not make you a bad person, being rich does not make you good. We're also supposed to be paying attention to the log in our own eye before we start punishing or judging the one with a moat. For a long time, I wondered about this parable, the parable of the wedding banquet and the one guest who attends without wearing a wedding robe. Why does this otherwise gracious host throw him out? It occurs to me that something in his behavior showed disrespect to the host and created a scene that had the potential to upset the entire celebration. Most of the time, the dining room at Edible Hope Kitchen 
is a place of sanctuary, warmth, and welcome, where the most diverse group of people come together for a feast of rich foods filled with marrow and goodness and enough to keep people going for an entire day, since this may be the only meal they receive. But every now and then, a guest arrives who is unable to show respect to others. We don't know what may have happened in that person's life prior to their arrival, but all our efforts to de-escalate their antisocial behavior fail. And that's when something interesting happens. Anyone who disrespects the staff or the volunteers or who refuses to abide by our code of conduct finds themselves in the middle of a calm and determined group of our guests. They are told in no uncertain terms that they are to honor their hosts of the meal, and if they cannot, they are escorted outside. In good times and in tough times, the church is called to worship and service. Now, there are plenty of good reasons for you not to show up virtually for worship, and it has become more difficult to serve others with the pandemic restrictions in place. Yet, we are encouraged in the letter to the Philippians to keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. We continue together on page eight. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Before we go into our offertory, I want to share a special video from our reverend today. Dear Emmanuel community, it's time for the fall stewardship campaign. Since I'm not with you on Sundays right now and don't have an opportunity to preach or speak to you all in person or virtually, I wanted to record a message to invite you all into the stewardship campaign. This is how we plan for 2021 and all of our budgetary needs 
which are really our ministry needs. Our pledges fund the majority of what we do here, our staffing, our outreach, our programs, our worship, everything that God is calling us to do and that we've done together, we have done because of your generosity. Now, we've had a year unlike anything that any of us could have predicted. None of us thought that we'd be worshiping almost entirely online this year or that we would be quarantined or doing school from home or working from home or any of the different ways that we have had to change to accommodate our new reality. And it's easy to be anxious or sad or worried about any of those things. And certainly we feel all of that. But when I think of Emmanuel, when I think of this community, the word that I keep coming back to is gratitude. I am grateful for you all. I'm grateful for how you have shown up to continue to worship, to pray, to study together, to be in community. It has been an extraordinary outpouring of God's gifts in this community to see how you all continually show up. I know on a personal level, I cannot imagine having gone through this year without being part of a church community, without being a part of you all. As we look to 2021, I hope you'll consider how you can participate in continuing to live into God's calling for Emmanuel, for you and for our community. We will be returning to worship in person at some point. We will continue to be the body of Christ here and now. We will continue to be living into our mission, which is forming ourselves, nurturing each other, and transforming the world. We may be doing it in ways that are different than we could have ever expected them to be, but we keep doing them and God continues to be present. In this stewardship campaign, you'll be hearing from various parishioners offering their testimonials on Sundays and videos of those will be available on the website. You'll receive a mailed pledge packet with all the numbers and information and letters from me and the wardens and all of this will be available online. So whether or not you fill out that pledge card we mail you or even fill it out on our website, I hope you will fill it out and continue to participate in the way in which we get to be Emmanuel here and now. I know my family and I will be filling out our pledge card considering what God is calling us to give and I hope you will too. I can't wait to see you all when I'm back and I'm incredibly grateful for all who are making stewardship possible this year and above all, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being part of Emmanuel, and I'll see you all soon.
on page nine. Save your people, Lord, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold them now and always. Day by day, we bless you. We praise your name forever. Lord, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, show us your love and mercy. For we put our trust in you. In you, Lord, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. God of grace, you hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. God of grace, you hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. God of grace, you hear our prayer. Loving God, hope of the poor and source of all health, look with compassion upon your creatures who suffer under the weight of this pandemic. Fill us with love toward our neighbor. Deliver us from partisan motives as we strive for the common good and strengthen those who labor for our health. We ask this through the healer of your creation, Jesus Christ, our health and our salvation. God of grace, Comfort and heal those impacted by storms and hurricanes in the Caribbean and our southeastern states, that they may feel your healing love. God of grace, you hear our prayer. Bless all those whose lives are closely linked with ours, including Lillian Snow, who was celebrating her birthday this week 
and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. God of grace, you hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, and spirit, especially those on the Emmanuel prayer list. Karen Blankenship, Niall Clark, Glenn Crosby, Glorian Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Bob Hayward, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Peter Mockenheimer, Michael Miller, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillian Snow, William Victory, Julie Wiegand, and Peter Wiley. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. God of grace, you hear our prayer. We command to your mercy all who have died, especially Michael Mandel and those who mourn, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. God of grace, you hear our prayer. At this time, I invite folks to add their prayers to the chat. God, we thank you for the ministry of Edible Hope, and we ask that you would continue to sustain them in this time. God of grace, you hear our prayer. Prayer of Repentance in Honor of Indigenous Peoples Day. O oh, great spirit, God of every people and every tribe, we come to you as your many children to ask for your forgiveness and guidance. Forgive us for the colonialism that stains our past, the ignorance that allowed us to think that we could claim another's home for our own. Heal us of this history. Remind us that none of us were discovered since none of us were lost, but that we are all gathered within the sacred circle of your community. Guide us through your wisdom to restore the truth of our heritage. Help us to confront the racism that divides us as we confess the pain it has caused to the human family. Call us to kinship, mend the hoop of our hearts, and let us live in justice and peace through Jesus Christ, the one who came, that all people might live in dignity. Amen. Amen. God, we pray for those in the UW, UW Greek system who are dealing with COVID. God, in your grace, hear our prayer for all the prayers that we have said out loud and for all the prayers that we keep in our hearts. God of grace, you hear our prayer. We continue with the collects on page 11. 
Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 556, verses 1, 2, and 3. Is this the announcement tonight? Closing benediction. Oh, closing benediction. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> I was just checking. Sorry, everyone. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.